Welcome to the Executive Bay Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Twitty, and you're listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to share our recent conversation with Ryan DeVito. Ryan is the newest member of our professional degree programs admissions team here at the Darden School of Business, and he and I recently connected to talk more about his background, what he enjoys about working with working professional students, his advice for prospective students, and even a little bit about Billy Joel. I think you're going to enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here's my interview with Ryan DeVito. Ryan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Well, it's great to have you here. How are things? Everything is good. Uh, I am down in Charleston, South Carolina, where it's a little bit warmer than Virginia. So I'm enjoying the season. How about you? Uh, Yeah, I was uh, thinking about that. Uh, Walking to work this morning, it was 35 degrees when I left my apartment. Probably not 35 degrees in Charleston, South Carolina. No, thankfully. But there there are nice things about the winter that we don't get to enjoy down here. (laughs) Uh, that's right. It gets a little toasty in the summer, too. I imagine uh, humidity is a, is a factor. It's brutal, but pros and cons, every place has them. That's right. Well, thank you so much for taking some time on the podcast. Um, excited to have you join our professional degrees team. I know you're going to be doing some conversations and connecting with our prospective students and thought it'd be good for our listeners of the podcast to get to know you a little bit better. We had Ali Torres on the podcast not so long ago and excited to have you here. So tell us a little bit more about who you are. Uh, who are you? What's your background? Absolutely. So as I already mentioned, I, I live down in Charleston, South Carolina, but uh, I have a longstanding connection to UVA. Um, back in 2018, I joined the McIntyre School of Commerce, uh, working with the joint McIntyre Darden MS in Business Analytics program. So I'm no stranger to Darden. I worked with the MSBA program for just about four years, enrolled their first four classes. And and that's when I got my first taste of Darden and the faculty and kind of the culture of the school. And um, I left UVA briefly, worked in campus recruiting for um, some local accounting firms in the DC area, but um, I'm really excited to be back at Darden. I love my UVA experience. I think that there are so many wonderful things about being a Darden student, and I'm excited to start connecting with prospective students and tell them all those good things. Yeah, Ryan, we first met uh, when you were working on the MSBA program. I can remember uh, those days, and it was great. I mean, obviously, that program is now six, seven years into its existence. Uh, just welcome the most recent MSBA class, and it is part of our professional degree program's uh, portfolio here in the D.C. area. We have over 450 students uh, learning out of Sands Family Grounds in, in Roslyn. Uh, this started as just like 60 executive MBA students uh, up here, one section, and here we are, um, over 450 MSBA, part-time MBA, executive MBA, all these programs uh, combined. Um, so you mentioned working with MSBA students who are also working professional students, working while pursuing their degree. Uh, what do you enjoy about working with with this population of students? A lot of things. Um, prior to joining UVA all the years ago, I worked in undergraduate admissions and undergraduate admissions is very different. Um, you're primarily working with the parents. Um, and when you do talk with the students, everyone wants to be a pre-med division one lacrosse player. Um, and, and then they kind of sort out as they you know, meet their professors and go through the coursework. Um, so when I came over the professional degree side, I was just ecstatic to be working with students who knew where they wanted to go in their career and had an idea of what they wanted to get out of their academic program. Um, The beauty uh, of these professional degree programs is that you can keep working as you do them. And so I love the idea of 
a student not just having a concept of where they want to go and what they want to get out of the program, but also being able to sit in class on Tuesday and then kind of marinate overnight and apply everything they learned on Tuesday at work on Wednesday. I think that's the coolest thing um, and, and what really gets me out of bed in the morning, excited about talking to prospective students. Yeah, that's a very real part of the professional student experience. I would say certainly here at, at Darden, students are learning in this very active uh, application-based way. The case method is all about you know reading a case, developing a perspective on what should be done in the case, and then coming to class and really testing do I understand what should be done here? What did I think of? What did I miss? What are my classmates adding to the conversation? But you're learning through application, which makes uh, taking it to work and applying those lessons from class easier because you've just practiced that in a safe space, an educational environment. And so now it's easier to make, make that leap at work. Absolutely. And I, I think the other valuable aspect is that um, there are so many different perspectives um, at, at Darden. The students are coming from all, all different places around the United States, and they're coming from a variety of industries. They're coming from a different, different um, kind of set of career levels, from a manager all the way up to C-suite. And I think having those peer-level conversations happens a lot in a lot of graduate programs, but having those kind of inter-level conversations is rare and really unique and kind of amplifies the learning experience and teaches students to not only network more broadly, but also manage up in some cases and um, also understand kind of the top-down perspective, all of which is so incredibly valuable no matter what your field of work is. So I think that's just a cool aspect of professional programs that, um, I, I don't know, I, I think students don't take for granted. It, it's really a, a cool thing. Yeah, we had a tour this morning, and one of the things that I always mention to uh, prospective students is like, when else are you going to be in a room full of people who are all here to grow, to develop? I mean, 60, 65 people in an executive MBA section, 130 students in executive MBA class, 65 students in a part-time MBA uh, class. Like, when else are you going to be surrounded by that many people who all made this conscious decision to invest in themselves, to mm -hmm. develop, to grow, to sort of ask big questions about you know, who they want to be as leaders, as managers? That's a rare thing. Absolutely. The other thing I thought that was really interesting about what you mentioned is, you know, just to have the diversity of experience in the classroom, people who are coming uh, coming at the same problem, but from very different perspectives. And, and that is something that I think um, students have an opportunity to really appreciate here at Darden. And I think in a more lecture-based environment, maybe you get a little bit of that, but obviously because you're running through the case method, you don't have to wonder what your classmates think about something or uh, how they see a particular problem or the experience that they had at work that's very much like what you're talking about uh, as you look at this particular case. That's all going to come into the discussion. And so um, people always wonder, like, I know my industry, but how do people from other industries think about uh, a problem? Well, you're going to get to benefit from all of that. And and at Darden, uh, you know, in our executive MBA program, we'll probably have 20 plus industries represented within an executive MBA class, over 100 unique employers. You see a similar sort of diversity in our part-time MBA uh, classes, you know, 15 plus industries, uh, a class of about 65, 70 students. Most recent part-time MBA class, I think we had 66 unique employers for 71 students. And so, I mean, when else are you going to get to meet and, and really connect and, and go through this transformational experience with a group of people who have that range of, of experience perspective. It's, it's a pretty incredible thing. Yeah, it's tremendous. I, I had an MSBA student a couple of years ago um, kind of give me an analogy. 
that they felt like everyone in the classroom was coming from this different background and each was holding a flashlight and the faculty member would present a case or a business problem um, and everyone would kind of shine their flashlights in some direction. But ultimately, as the case discussion went on and everybody heard each other's perspective, everyone kind of aimed their flashlight in the same place. And then all of a sudden, the whole problem and solution would be illuminated and they'd be able to go, aha, I got it. I understand what's going on now. Now, let's move the ball down the field. Let's you know, help this in the case of the MSBA program, help this company solve their problem. Or in the case of Exec MBA, maybe let's take this to work the next day and see what we can do. So just really cool. Yeah, that's a that's a great uh, um, metaphor uh, for, for what happens in, in these discussions. Um, so, so Ryan, I mentioned you're the newest member of our team. Uh, you're going to be engaging with prospective students, talking with them one-on-one, maybe some some group chats as well. Um, is there a piece of advice, something that you would encourage people to think about as they are on this MBA journey, kind of thinking about what's next for them? Yeah. So I'll give a selfish perspective, and, and then I can give a broader perspective. I love connecting with prospective students. Um, the more that I can get to know you, the more I can help and be a true advisor. I want to tell you about the University of Virginia and Darden and our faculty and all of these things. And I want to hear about you and I'm kind of connect the dots for you, how you can fit into this thing that we have going on here. Um, so the more that we're connected, the more I can look out for you. But um, beyond that, just uh, more general advice. Um, I, I think it's you have, have to craft your admission story well, you have to have that goal in mind. And that's what sets apart, like I was saying, the undergrads from the professional programs, uh, having that sense of direction, the idea of, you know, where do I want to go and how do I think I want to get there? Of course, um, being in an academic program, that idea is going to change over time. But um, the more focused you can be, I, I think, the more valuable it is for us as admissions people, because then we can be good advisors to you. Um, but also the more valuable it is for you when you're ultimately sitting in class on the first day. Um, I think you'll be able to more quickly kind of acclimate to the academic environment and be able to add value to class discussions. Yeah, I appreciate your emphasis on the storytelling aspect of this. Um, you know, most most applicants will will share at the end of the process, right? That they, they get ready to start school, say, you know what? I actually enjoyed uh, the process of, of applying. You may not hear that as much when people are in the throes of it, right? Getting all this stuff together. But on the other end, you will hear people say this because you really do have a time, you do have time in this process to stop, to kind of think, reflect on all that you've done to celebrate your many accomplishments, but also to dream and kind of speculate on, on what might be next for you. This, this question around, you know, why an MBA? Why Darden in this particular MBA program? How does this fit into your career goals short term and long term? I mean, it's great just to have some space to, re to reflect on that and to introspect. I think this the students who really stand out in the application process, they've done that work and, and they, they've really kind of tested uh, their assumptions. They've had some conversations, maybe come to an event or two, maybe sat in on a class, talked to one of us, and they've come to the realization that this is the right step. Now is the right time. Here's what, uh, what I've accomplished, and here's how I can see this degree and this experience moving me forward. Um, and the application process, obviously, is an initial introduction to who you are. We also do interviews where you have a chance to really bring depth to your story. And I think the interview is obviously a great place for you to think about 
the why of your story and, and what's motivated you along along this journey, Brian. I always find it super helpful. I mean, we, we tend to get like the 30,000 foot view and the application of like, here's all the things I've done, but it tends to be a lot of information, but relatively shallow. And when people can really bring you into like, here's why I've done the things that I've done and what's motivated me. These are my values. This is what's led me to make these decisions. To me, that that that's the richest experience as, as a reader, as as someone who's working with prospective students. Yeah, I completely agree. I love hearing the stories, but um, UVA is such a unique institution. Um, all these Jeffersonian ideals are wrapped up in the fabric of UVA, but our current president, Jim Ryan, has this idea that he wants to make UVA both great and good. And I love kind of parsing that out of applications when I can. I want to hear about your greatness. I want to hear about the achievements um, that have come throughout your career and your academic career. Even more than that, I want to know how you are good, how you're going to, um, uh, of course, add value to the class with your unique perspective, your professional perspective, but um, so much more than that, how you're going to kind of add something to this fabric of the University of Virginia, uh, how you're going to go above and beyond to um, not just be you know, sitting in class and absorbing the information, but really going out there and, and um, applying and showing the world that uh, UVA, Darden, you are unique and special and out to make a positive impact, um, not just kind of absorb the information and spit it back out there for maximum personal gain, which is an appropriate goal sometimes. But I think the goodness aspect of things is what I really look for in applications and listen for in interviews. Well, Ryan, let's talk, talk about you uh, personally. It's so you're interested to give people a chance, not just to learn about you professionally, but um, where are you from originally? Uh, originally from Long Island, New York. All right. And so how did you, um, you mentioned, obviously, you spent time working at the University of Virginia. You've been in the D.C. area before. Now you're down in South Carolina. Um, how did you uh, how did you get to the D.C. area in the first place? A, a long and complicated story, but uh, I graduated from high school in New York. I went to the University of Maryland. I spent just one semester there. Um, but on the very first day of class, I met my future wife. So I ultimately transferred back up to a New York State school, which I graduated from. but um, stayed in contact with future wife, and her first job was in Arlington. So we ultimately settled in the D.C. area, um, and that is how I ended up at UVA. Um, McIntyre and Darden were just getting together for this MSBA idea. It was going to be kind of critical to recruit the D.C. area specifically, um, and with Sands Family Grounds in Northern Virginia, it made sense for me to be there rather than be in Charlottesville. So um, D.C. was home for many years and then COVID hit. And I was living in this tiny, tiny apartment. It was 400 square feet. Um, both my wife and I were working from home. So it was like particularly tight even before COVID, but during COVID, um, we just felt like we needed a little bit more space. And we had been on vacation in Charleston previously, really loved it down here. And we rented a place very short term thinking, ah, oh, we're just gonna take a break from the city and we're gonna come home eventually. And then we never came home. We've been down here since the beginning of COVID. Um, so kind of a convoluted story, but uh, I do feel like um, DC is very much my home base. And uh, Arlington is where I came of age and built my professional career, where all of my friends are, uh, and also where so many of my professional um, deep relationships are. Um, so 
DC is home as much as Charleston is home. What do you like to do outside of outside of work? Good question. Um, I am a huge Conan O'Brien fan. So um, Conan O'Brien is kind of like the center of my life. I spend a lot of time in the car for reasons that I, I don't always know. Um, but he's on the radio these days, and I love listening to that. Same thing with Billy Joel. Um, I might be one of the youngest Billy Joel fans in the country, but uh, I will go anywhere for a Billy Joel concert. Beyond those things, though, uh, it's just perfect weather in Charleston nine months of the year. So I enjoy just running. I have a little three-legged chihuahua that I'll take with me. uh, And uh, I think that's just the sweetest thing after a long day of work. All right. So um, I got to follow up on this Billy Joel uh, thing. Uh, So favorite Billy Joel song? I think it depends on my mood. Um, But he has some goodies. He's not just the piano man. There's so much more to Billy. I think that my favorite Billy song that seems meaningful to him is a song called Leningrad, which he wrote after um, he was one of the very first American performers to go to the Soviet Union um, before the end of the Cold War. It, It was just a fascinating story. There was a book written about it, but he wrote this story about an encounter he had with someone living in the city of Leningrad and um, just how many similarities there were between the West and and the Soviet Union and how we didn't always appreciate those during at at least his lifetime growing up um, doing the air raid drills and all these other things. So really touching human interest story and and a song that has personal meaning to him. Um, But my favorite Billy Joel song in general is Down Easter Alexa. Um, which is a story about fishermen uh, on Long Island, which is where I'm from, where Billy's from, and how their industry is kind of drying up, but how they're fighting to save it. So both really compelling songs as you listen to Piano Man. Skip to those also. I I love it. Two deep cuts off the Billy Joel albums. I I, I think I knew Leningrad because it's on Stormfront. Is that correct? It is, yes. Okay. All right, well, Stormfront, I'm of a certain age, and We Didn't Start the Fire uh, was very popular when I was uh, when I was a kid. So a lot of people had that tape, I'd be very clear, cassette tape. Um, so, <laughs> um, I have not heard the other song, so, um, but he's got a lot of shades. Um, early on uh, in his career, kind of almost like a David Bowie type vibe coming off of him with like Captain Jack and some of that stuff. He's like, a, yeah. also sings with kind of like a British accent at times. And then obviously he becomes something very different in his big pop era. Have you seen him at Madison Square Garden? Have you gone to any of those shows? I have. I actually just went. I've been a couple of times. Um, just always spectacular and little personal connection to Billy. In his band, he has this guy named Mike Del Judas. Um, Mike Del Judas is a phenomenal singer just absolutely incredible. He does a solo performance at every concert at Madison Square Garden. I'm not going to ruin the surprise. Go see him. Um, but Mike Del Judas um, kind of ended up with Billy because he was the leader of the preeminent Billy cover band, tribute band. Um, and he would tour the country, sound exactly like Billy Joel when Billy Joel was young. Um, so Billy Joel went to a Mike Del Judas concert, hired him. But Mike Del Judas is from my hometown, actually grew grew up um, going to high school with my mom. uh, And then his kids grew up just a couple doors down from me. So there's a a personal connection there. Um, uh, Billy fan for life, Billy band fan for life. 
Wow. I think Billy Joel has the record for the most number of sellouts at Madison Square Garden in a non-sport yes. non category, obviously. Yes. Um, every concert is sold out and every concert feels like it's it, it's like a reunion of every person from every walk of life uh, is just there and so excited to be there. And what's so funny is that so many people in Madison Square Garden have been to dozens of, of concerts at Madison Square Garden with Billy Joel, um, but they always act like it's their first concert. So the energy is uh, yeah, like no other concert. Well, that's awesome. Well, we've yet to talk about Billy Joel here on the Executive Bay podcast. I'm so glad that we made some some time for it. Um, and it's clear, like you you know Billy Joel, like not just a like passing passing fan. It is it is obvious uh, your passion for him. Um, any final words here, Ryan? Anything else you'd like to share? Um, I want you to listen to Downeaster Alexa, but for Darden, uh, I, I cannot say enough about. The programs that Darden offers, um, and, and I want to just recall an experience with the MSBA program. Um, there are some faculty who cross over between the Executive MBA and the MSBA program, or at least have historically. And I remember sitting in a class visit for the MSBA program a couple of years ago, and um, Gael was the faculty. She is tremendous. What a personality! Her favorite band is Depeche Mode, um, which I remember, and we bonded over that. But anyway, I remember sitting in the class and I worked with the program for years, but feeling so inspired by her, by the class discussion, by the way that she engaged the students that I wanted to do the program. And I had seen everything. I had done the webinars. I had been a part of this experience. But when you see it in person, <clears throat> when you take the test drive, you realize how powerful the whole thing is. So if I can give one more word of advice, it's if you have the opportunity, join us for a class visit. If it's virtual, great. But if you can come to Sands Family Grounds and you can be there and you can experience the whole thing, it, it truly is life changing or at least perspective changing. Um, and I will forever remember my first experience sitting in on a garden class it was revolutionary, unlike anything I experienced as an undergrad, as a graduate student, anything else. Um, and it is no wonder that Darden is always so highly ranked in faculty engagement and experience. They are tremendous. It is no wonder that Darden is um, Bloomberg number one public business school. Um, it, it is truly outstanding and extraordinary experience for any type of student, whether you're pursuing that one-year MSBA or the Executive MBA program. All right, well, Ryan, uh, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, so much fun talking with you about, about your, your role and your passion for working with working professional students, but also uh, Billy Joel. And I did not know you had a chihuahua. So you learn new things um, every, every time you talk with somebody. Um, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. And that was my interview with Ryan DeVito, member of our admissions team, here for the professional degree programs at the Darden School of Business. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at exec, that's E-X-E-C, NBA at darden.virginia.edu. Till next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.